I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Elliot. Um, and what a mixed week the Borough have just had. Um, a defeat against Sheffield United, a win against Tony Mowbray's Blackburn Rovers... Dana, I'm going to start off with you. Um, we're going to start with Sheffield United as well. Um, it was a massive blow Wednesday night. Um, a defeat against a promotion rival. How big of a blow was it? Well, it was a big one in terms of the you know the results of the the teams around us. Um, Bristol City seem to be flying at the moment, so they've kind of. Um, I don't know, it's put us back a little bit, or it did before the the game at the uh, weekend against Blackburn, but. In terms of performance, it kind of shunts our momentum a little bit because I think we've been gradually better performance-wise in certain halves anyway. It seems to be at the moment we'll have one good half and then another kind of bad half, which is what happened um, at Sheffield United. I thought the game would kind of go the same way as the Leeds one. Mm. Um, and it, it just didn't you know the second half Borough came out they were a completely different side but in the wrong way mm. and unfortunately it was um, it was just one of those games where as soon as we went one goal down I don't think it looked as though we were ever going to get back into it and I can't even remember yeah. us having many opportunities I think it was a really bad performance in, in my opinion mm. um, we just didn't get going it was flat um, I thought we were really poor off on, on and off the ball um, obviously best player was John Mikel and We'll come to Danny Ayala in a minute. Um, Els, I know you didn't watch much of the game. Well, you watched the majority, but then missed the goal, right? The, yeah, the first yeah. booking in the, the the red card. But obviously, it was it's a massive blow for not just for Tony Pulis and the, the team as well. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, uh, it's opened up a, a bit of a gap that I don't think we'll bridge by the end of the season. I think we'll have to win pretty much most of our games to, to make up that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we will. I think we'll. I think we'll secure a playoff place. I think um, those top two spots, I think, are just down now to Norwich, Leeds, and Sheffield United. Okay. 
what about West Brom? West Brom one point uh, off. That everyone has to play each other in the top six. Are they, are they one point uh, off? One point two? off okay. um, after their win against QPR last night. We're also going to come to QPR later. But um, Joseph Combs asks uh, Elliot. I'm going to ask you the question. But um, we have quite good form against the top six. Um, in our owners, obviously the, the defeat against Sheffield United and it was a bit of a blip as well. But um, could we be favourites to win the playoff, or is it a bit too soon? Um, yeah, I think uh, if we did get in the playoffs, then <clears throat> you know it's a it's a bit of not a pot luck, but um, you know you can kind of throw the rest of the season out the window. You can start afresh, look at a you know really solid game plan against whoever you're up against, um, and we've done well against uh, the teams in the top six. So we, we drew twice at Derby, so we were unbeaten. Two wins against West Brom, one win against Bristol City. The other game still to play. Two draws to Leeds. Um, so you know, we we do have good form against against those teams. We seem to be better against those than when you know we struggle when teams like you know, for example, when Millwall came to the yep. Riverside and and Blackburn and so on. Um, so, but you, you never know when it's in the playoffs. I mean, we beat Norwich four nil and one nil um, in that season, and then they went on and beat us two nil. Yep. in the the final, so you know, um, anything could happen in that sense. Said about that, the better. But we'll <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of them, isn't it? Like we, you know, we didn't concede to them, and then the only game that mattered, you know, we we conceded two in the first. What was it, twenty minutes or first something like that? Minutes. So, yeah, um, I, I wouldn't. It, it really is great going up in the playoffs. Um, it'd be much better than going up automatically in my eyes. But you just don't want to live through it as a fan because it's so nerve wracking. Yeah. So. You're, on, you're on edge for a week at work you just don't speak to anyone yeah. uh, you're having about five cups of coffee <laughs> yeah. all your crying score shit <laughs> it's a different ball game though isn't it to yeah. league games so like mm. you said you know, we did the double over Norwich in the playoff season under Karanka and then yeah. lost to them at Wembley and, I mean you look at it the Brentford you know we've always had a good record against Brentford and managed to get past them in the semis but it's it's so different because there's so much more to yeah. play for than in the league so it literally I, I feel like form and can often go out the window yeah I think it's also way too early to tell as well I think the way Bristol City are going on that incredible run at the moment it's nine on the spin I think the only team in the top flight not top flight but in English football to be unbeaten in January um, I think definitely in the top four divisions anyway um, and you know Derby are going to be up there as well It's we could potentially bottle it as well Um People don't really think about that, but there is that potentially of us bottling it. But I mean, there still is fourteen games, which is what almost a third. Oh, is it? Yeah. Still we have to play everyone still. To, yeah, we still yeah. have everyone, everyone to play, and I think yeah. our running's a little bit nicer than say everyone else's. Um, when, we, when I had a quick look through the the remaining fixtures, so we have the opportunity there. There's still automatic promotion to be fought for. I think it's not really like, over yet. I think there's mm-hmm. still there's still I mean, it's very unlikely we'll get automatic promotion, but I think it's still there to be, you know, to be fought for. But that defeat against Sheffield United, it was kind of like, well, we don't think we're ready yet. Um, but I want to come on to Danny Ayala, actually, after that chat. Um, Dana, I want to ask you the question. Danny Ayala, liability, or can Middlesbrough rely on him? It's a very difficult one with Ayala because he's, he's just a mixed bag. Like You can have a really, really good game from him. And on his day, he's a quality centre-half. But then the next game, he could do what he did against Sheffield United, yep. needless tackles. Like People make mistakes. Defenders <laughs> make mistakes. Footballers make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But <laughs> some of them are avoidable. And Ayala goes in... I 
don't know. He goes in. He's, he's very reckless at times. And when you put that tweet on the board breakdown and people kind of disagreeing with your opinion on mm. on Ayala, I was quite surprised because personally, I don't doubt is that he's a quality centre half on his day, but he is liable to mistakes. He always has been. He's always been that enigma, and you know, he's one of those players that you would you hate. You would hate if he wasn't like on on our side. He'd be yeah. like Pontus Janssen. You know, giving it large to the family, the generation red family zone or whatever it was at the Leeds game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he can be a liability, but he, he can also be um, a really, really good defender. Um, no, I, I disagree. I completely and utterly disagree. Um, I quite like Ayala at times in terms of like, you know, he'll score like the important goal here and there. Um, he might do like the occasional good tackle, but. I just feel like I don't. It's call me crazy, but I feel like he's just been a massive liability since the playoff final against Norwich. Do you not think he was good in the promotion season? I kind of think he was. He's, he's all right, but it's just like every time we messed up in that promotion season, who was to blame? Was Danny Ayala for doing something ridiculous? Mm. Like the whole Sheffield United sending off is just completely and utterly bizarre for me. All he has to do is just shadow him just down the line, even if, even if it hits your goals for a corner. Why are you running across the edge, across the whole box, essentially, just to try and two-foot someone on the edge of it? <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm... Pewless ball. It's not pewless ball. It's just I'm mystified <laughs> of his decision-making process. Mm. Like, when he's in the box, if VAR if was in, in play, we'd give away penalties left, right and centre. I just feel like his discipline as a defender... Is atrocious, even though like we enjoy watching him play at times, and I just don't know, man. It, it annoys me. I feel uneasy when he's on the ball, and he's not technically great. And I said this off air, but Dale Fry is technically the best defender we have at the football club at the moment, and that's like technically good on the ball. Aidan Flint hoofs it. Danny Ayala hoofs it. Mm. Ryan Shotton probably hoof, hoofs he's, it. he's all right, but yeah. hoofs it. George Friend he can do a Megs, but hoofs it. Good old um, cut inside. Cut, from the old uh, cut George. inside lays it back and might score one every <laughs> three years. But it's like Dale Fry's the best technically gifted football at the whole club. Well, Danny Bart was the same. Just kick it. Um, and the, the game's changing now. Um, the game's changing. You need to be technically good at the yeah. back. You were um, saying it, weren't you, Annie, about um, VAR? And Ayala would be in massive yeah, trouble. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, he, he's, he has like a reckless um, bit of decision making. It's almost like Sunday League, isn't it? It's like, oh, there's the ball, there's the ball, let's get him, let's get him. And it, it's, it's just wiping someone out before uh, before really thinking of you know holding off and maybe putting in the challenge at the right time. But uh, yeah, I, I, I know I kind of sit on the fence with a lot of things, but I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence again between both Why? of you. Because I think... I think he does have. I think he does have good games for us. Um, I just think sometimes he gets a bit lost in the heat at the moment, and he he just flies in on challenges when he doesn't really need to. You know, it's like it's like um, a player running down the wing, Danny Ayala in his head. Don't do it! 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 <laughs> Two foots. <laughs> yeah. Send off like like Danny man. <laughs> um, it, it's very very frustrating, um, especially for like a fan. Um, appreciate I'm not a professional footballer. You know, play amateur at best, Northern League, but like it's just like you're told from such a young age, don't dive in, and he's just doing it at like such a high level. And as much as I like him, and he's done like a lot of good things for the club, just 
better defenders out there. Um, but in terms of Pauly Mack, um, he gave us a tweet and he said, Ayala, is he going to come back in once the suspension's over? Uh, would you put him back in? Who wants to answer this one, Elliot or Dana? Go on, Elliot. Um, yeah, I think he probably will come back in. Um, I don't know whether I'd put him back in, but I think he probably will just because I think... Uh, you know he's a, he's a solid player of, of Tony Pulis. I think Tony Pulis really likes him, um, and with what we were talking about, our about friend potentially being injured coming off um, yeah. around sixty minutes. Um, yeah, I think he'll probably find himself back in the squad for QBR. Um, Dana, would you, would you put Danny back in? Um, yeah, just because of um, I agree with Elliot. Just because of you know the injuries that we've got, it's either that or Paddy McNair, um, and I think out of the two, I'd go with Ayala. Yeah, I think that's collectively as much as he nearly gives me a heart attack every week. I'll I'll put Danny Ayala in that in that team as well. But I'd pair him mostly with, with Dale Fry too, and, and maybe right Ryan Shot and then play with House and probably wing back with Savile again if if we were to play that system. Yeah. Um, but let's move on. Uh, Blackburn Rovers um, a win against Tony Mowbray's team. That was a good performance as well. Back to winning ways, especially after the defeat against. Um, Sheffield United Elliot um, makeshift defence but it was a much better performance wasn't it yeah definitely um, on the face of it 1-0 doesn't look too impressive but it, it was a good performance um, we lined up in, in that 3-4-1-2 as you said House and Wrights have a left uh, Mikel and Bessic were holding Wing in that camp position he, you know, he's really really pushing on in that position I think that's where we get the best out of him when we've looked at his averages, average positions over the season, he tends to, you know, fall into that hole a lot anyway. Um, when he's part of a midfield three, so I think it was good to play him there. And then obviously uh, Fletcher and Britt up top, um, I thought worked well in parts. I think um, Britt was a little bit too greedy at times, um, but you know, altogether I thought uh, Fletcher played well. He was, um, he played obviously the, the shot. It was more of a shot, but you know, Britch showed good predatory instincts to get on the end of it. Um, and I think when the sending off for Derek Williams as well, it was all through uh, Ashley Fletcher as well. So, yeah, it was a good, good. Like I say, Ashley Fletcher, uh, Dana, um, he really did take he really did take his chance, didn't he, against Blackburn? Yeah, I think it's been coming because obviously he's been in, um, playing well in the cup, scoring in the cup as well. And it was a. It wasn't against Blackburn that he came, that he started, and then was yeah. was subbed yeah. off after more yeah. yeah. So I mean, he deserves his chance, and you know, yeah, he, he took it. And I thought he linked up really well with with Brit. Them two in the first half, the movement was causing them problems. And I think the the only slight um, kind of criticism of of them, like Elliot said, was was the de, you know the decision making. They're a little bit yeah. greedy. Both of them were. I felt they said it on commentary. Um, Don Goodman and. Um, I can't remember who the commentator was, but they were saying it basically that, that they were kind of shooting when there were other options, and I think that's th- that's something that they can improve on. Yeah, do you think Ashley Fletcher's been a bit unfortunate, like not to start more games this year? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's down to to what Tony Pulis wants. I don't think he he particularly um, fancies him. I know he wanted rid in the summer. He wanted rid in January. So. If you look at it that way, then I don't know. Um, maybe maybe a little bit unlucky, given yeah. that he's still here and and he, he's been here for a while and he's not really had a, had much of a look in. Um, but Tony Pillis didn't want him at the end of the day. Yeah, he's like a young player with I think he's got bags and bags of potential, lad. 
um, you don't play at Manchester United's academy if you don't have something about you. Um, and when you watch him play, like yeah, you can you can kind of see like the sharpness he has and um, the ability that can come through. But it's he's not have he's not getting the chances to, to play, and you can't develop your skills when you're not playing for, playing yeah. in that professional environment. Um, else, do you think he deserves his chance against QPR, or is it something would yeah, would you potentially put Hugo and Britt together? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd give him his chance. I thought um, with him playing well the other night, and you know, our philosophy usually what we go with is you know don't change a winning team unless obviously there's um, you know injuries and suspensions and, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think with a, a run of games, he'll only grow in confidence. So to put him in and then to just bring him straight out again when yeah, albeit it wasn't what he was intending, but he did get an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he got um, the player sent off from you know. Good sort of hold of playing, running in on goal. So, uh, yeah, I'd give him a chance again. Yeah. Um, overall, I thought it was a really good performance. I thought we were much much better um, than we had to get a result because it was important. If we didn't, we were in trouble. Um, disappointed in my boy Derek Williams to be getting sent off. But yeah. um, there was some great standout um, stats actually from from the game, which highlighted how good we were really and. And as well, we had twenty six attempts on goal in the game, which was I thought was yeah. crazy. And you, when watching it, you, you yeah. were just thinking, "How have we not scored another yeah. one?" It was like a game of FIFA almost. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's like it was yeah. like FIFA nineteen if you play. Um, you twenty six on twenty six shots on goal, twenty three on target, and you get beat one 0 Yeah, after like they have one shot. But Wing uh, thrived in that position, as I said. He created seven chances, which who scored put on Twitter this week that it's the most of anyone in any championship game this season, which I thought was incredible. Um, Saville had the most dri- uh, dribbles in the game. I think it was around four or five, which you know it's a really good number mm. um, in a game. So um, and Mikel, uh, there wasn't really any standout stats, but you don't need it. He, he just he, he just makes this league look a doddle, doesn't he? He's just and I think with Mikel coming in as well, and a few people talking today on Twitter about it that he's giving. He's making the other players look better, and even they're playing better with him in the team, especially Saville and Wing because. It's given them the freedom to get forward more because he, they're comfortable relying on Mikel yeah. filling in that position. Maybe when Clayton was there, they felt like they had to come back and help him out a bit. So, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of John Mikel, he's just like I said, like few scores. I can't believe that he's at the Nottingham Football Club. I feel like he's the only like <laughs> only Nigerian prince I'd give money to. I'd fall scam for. If <laughs> <laughs> that like he's the only person I'd give money to. Um, but I think he's, he's just incredible, and I think you're spot on, Els. I think he's just he's brilliant at just making the the good things, well, the easy things look amazing. Mm-hmm. And if I was like Adam Clayton in this position now, um, like Adam Clayton looks up and he passes it, he's like he's like a crab a little bit, he's like side to side. When you're looking at Jonathan McKell, he, he just like levels above him. Um, now he's not crap, um, Adam Clayton at all, but. John Mikel is just levels above him, yeah. and I think fans need to probably understand that. But I want before we move on to Millsbury's finances, Dana. Um, even though Ellie's said all those um, amazing stats, I think Millsbury were, were quite lucky as well in that in that game. Will we? Do you think the same? Do you think we could have thrown it away against the ten man, uh, ten men of uh, Rovers? We could have, yeah. It could have gone the same way as the Leeds game. Um, we've I've, I've said before on the podcast that Borough's Achilles heel has always been like killing games off and getting that second or third goal. 
um, to really certify the win and it was the exact same there you know I think Rovers had a chance it was Danny Graham wasn't it that, yeah. that could have scored I mean that would have been Probably brilliant wouldn't it well with yeah. the volley as well great yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Randolph that it was yeah um, you know it, it could have gone Gone, gone that way so for Borough going forward I think the task is when we find ourselves in those positions similar to the Leeds game as well um, go for that second goal I know the Leeds game was different because Wing went off injured we had to it was an enforced change it kind yeah. of changed the the way that we went um, forward in that game but we need to kind of start killing teams off if we can yeah. take our chances Speed Mills was Achilles heel for the majority of the season just not being able to kill games off but let's move on um, and as you're all probably aware, and if you're not aware, Millsbury released the finances uh, from the last financial year um, this week. Um, and Andrew Littlefair has asked this question on Facebook as well, and he asks about um, is Pulis making out well how bad the finances actually are? Um, kind of turns out he's not really. Um, so I just just to give you some statistics before I ask the question. Um, we've obviously seen a significant decrease in revenue. Um, 60 million has just completely dropped uh, from TV rights. We went from 100 million to 40 million. We have one of the highest wage bills in the league. Agent fees, of course. You've got the the running of the stadium, the running of the training ground, which people don't obviously look at. Um, transfer fees too. Yes, we've made money back, but we're still financially a bit worse off. Gates are down. Um, essentially, we're we're in a quite a a tough state at the moment. Um, Els, do you think Middlesbrough are preparing for next season in terms of if we don't go up, or would you? Are, they, are we actually probably a bit worse off than we think we are? Um, it's a tough one because I think um, as a football club, you obviously don't want to kind of have that mentality of you know let's kind of plan for next season and and uh, kind of write off the season that you're currently in but you you do also have to think of the longevity of the club and, and try to think you know if we don't go up you've got to think of the if situation so I think um, you know they're trying to manage it well this season by obviously bringing in um, well having Tony Pulis in charge of trying to get the best out of the current crop of players instead of you know we could have had another a manager where and I know Tony Pulis is saying, "Look, the squad isn't good enough to get promoted," but and but I think he's done well with what he's got. Some other manager might have been on the thing of, of kind of being like, "Oh well, um, you know, this isn't going my way. I haven't got the players I want." And then we could not even be in the playoffs. We haven't been out of the playoffs for quite a long time now, considering we don't have a good enough squad to go up. Mm. So I think even if we went up with a the squad, they wouldn't be downbeat and be like, "Oh damn, we we're planning for next season." It's it's kind of like you know great boost to the finances we'd obviously improve the squad drastically if we did go up um, but you know if we don't there's plans in place there where we'll be you know financially healthier next season um, the wage bill will be reduced and we've got players there who weren't on Premier League wages and who were you know here to kind of play for the club and didn't really come just for that one stint in the Premier yeah. League and or, you know they haven't been picked up a bonus from us going up and, and so on and so forth so it's good to have that transparency though isn't it because a lot of people a lot of fans have been asking questions about Borough's finances for a few yeah. months now because of the whole January fiasco yeah. so it's good to it's good to know unfortunately we're, you know, we found ourselves in this situation but I think it was always going to happen with the Premier League coming down for the Premier League and wages and whatnot. but it's it's good to have that 
that transparency and knowing what has happened in terms of finances. So it gives mm. a, a reason as to why January did fail in the way it did. Yeah, we still have like the high one of the highest wage bills. I think Birmingham was significantly higher than everyone else's. Um, thanks, Harry Redknapp. But it was, um, I think on average, I think it's twenty three grand a week, probably be a bit more. Um, but it, that's not particularly that worrying. Um, I think end of next at the end of the season. I think if we don't go up. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in terms of personnel. I don't see. I can't see the likes of Stuart Downham being here much longer. I'll come on to that in a second. Um, I can't see the likes of Adam Clayton being around for much longer if he's on that still on that wage. Um, John Owen Mikel, we probably can't afford him next year. Um, it's kind of like we're going to have him probably for six months, and then he's going to have to go because he's on like fifty grand a week or something. It's fifty grand a week plus twenty grand if we win. That's actually I think yeah, in the um. <laughs> But he's on opposite wedge, but he deserves to be on an opposite wedge. I'll give him. I would just give him hundred grand a week in a palm if that was me. Just do whatever you want, John. You know I mean? You're great. Um, but <laughs> it's just. I think at the moment we're planning, and we're planning for probably more of like a two or three year project. Um, appreciate winning the championship for a while. I think if we don't go up this year, um, with only Tony Pierce be around much longer, he's the highest paid manager in with uh, history. Um, so I can probably see the likes of. Maybe like we'll get taken over, and as, as crazy as that sounds, and what the fans don't want, it might have to be the reality. Um, people are gonna have to stick with that, unfortunately. Um, but Stuart Downing, um, Dan, I didn't, I was, I was, I wasn't gonna ask the question, but it's came into my head. Um, couldn't agree a deal um, with Middlesbrough this week. Um, Neil Bowers obviously got involved as well. Do you think it's a bit of a blow for the club not to retain Downing services, or would you be happy to see the back of Downing come the end of the season? Well, if if we're speaking about now, it is a blow because we could do with a winger. Yeah. Um, but in terms of long term, I mean, Downing is thirty four. He's, you know, a pretty high earner. I think if he if Borough do trigger that option, his wage goes up. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's that kind of. You don't really want to be paying more um, for a thirty four year old who's you know, is coming to the latter day, latter end of his career. So. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, for for long term, I'd probably. Just, I mean, I I love Stuart Downing. He's one of my favourite Borough players growing up. But it's probably time for us to see the back of him. Mm. I was thinking um, at work today it was more or less with with Downing in general. If if I was in his position, like, and I think if everyone would be in his position, say if you went, oh well. If I come into work at nine o'clock every uh, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna get a pay rise. And then your boss says, "Can you not come in at nine, mate? Can you come in at ten every day for the foreseeable future, so we don't have to give you a pay rise?" You'd be absolutely raging, wouldn't you? You'd probably put your your notice in. Um, but that's where I kind of sit with Down, and I feel it's a bit, it's not his fault. I don't think Middlesbrough anticipated him to play that many games uh, for the club when he signed. Um, but that was kind of that's the negotiation process. That's what his agent put in. Um, but I can see Stuart Down if he doesn't sign a contract at the end of the season I can see him becoming a coach and becoming part of the backroom staff for next season it makes sense him will get to friends you know he wants to get his badges work under Woolgate I can kind of see that yeah I think he, he might go in and work with uh, the younger age groups um, first as well because um, I can't really see him wanting to move away from the area again with him doing it during his playing career yeah. um, and wanting like you say wanting to earn his badges with a friend of Woodgate then yeah, he uh, he might stick at the club in another role. Yeah, 
Um, but let's move on, guys. Let's move on to QPR. Um, the return of Steve McLaren. Um, of course, he's returned in the past with the likes of Derby um, and Notts and Not Forest. Um, I think I think they played against Notts Forest with McLaren. I'm not too sure. But anyway, he's definitely returned in the past. Um, but Ian Smith um, has asked us. Um, he's, I know he's covered this in Flyme at the moment quite a lot. But in terms of, uh, but do you think? Do you feel McLaren deserves a little bit more recognition for his achievements at Borrells? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think people kind of forget about it almost because of the the bad career he's had afterwards with, with obviously England, um, with. Derby with Newcastle, he did have success actually in the Dutch league with FC Twente, winning it for the first time. Got sacked at Wolfsburg as well. Got sacked at Wolfsburg, so he has a cracking um, agent, doesn't he? He has a cracking agent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's had he's had some good jobs, um, to be honest. But I think I think uh, with Bora to achieve that with you know the the, the club that we are, the, the small town that we are, to reach the UEFA Cup final, we, we're talking about it at work um, the other day and. Saying you know, imagine if we, if we uh, won that game, we'd have been playing Barcelona in the, the Super Cup. It yeah. would have been Chris Riggett defending against Ronaldinho. <laughs> like it, it, it's just madness to think that that could have actually happened. Um, and just obviously the way we done it was just in, incredible. But you know, not just that winning our only trophy. Um, you know, finishing seventh. Some of the games we played against. You know the top four. It was then. Um, you know we used to do well every time the top four came at the Riverside, um, and the players he brought to the club were, you know, players that we couldn't really ever envisage oh, really, and and the players who obviously were there, some of them were there before he came and stuff. But you know, um, yeah, it, you know he, he doesn't receive enough recognition, but maybe it's you know the sort of changing generation of fans, I guess. But um, yeah, I you, think well, he did a lot more than what Cranker did, and Cranker gets. A fantastic reception every time he comes back yeah. to the to the club, and one day I would love Kranga to come back in some respect. But um, in terms of McLaren, like when I was growing up, his era era of football was tremendous. Like I, know, I appreciate like the games itself and the football sometimes we played was absolutely dreadful. Like it was like Strachan-esque at times. Um, the game against Aston Villa where we got beat four 0 and Alan Miller scored uh, a hatty. Um, that is just sticks out from a lot of fans really especially because the guy threw his season ticket at him um, well, walked out just before that walk, I think oh, well, I think I walked out, walked six, out 60 minutes uh, but, <laughs> but in general like some of the football we play under McLaren, McLaren was brutal but it's, there's no doubt what he is the most successful manager we've ever had as, in a football club you can say like Robson's golden era when we used to lose games used to lose eight games in a row but it's still considered the golden era Um we brought in players like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on freeze. We had Mark Viduka for four point five million. Janino yeah. came back. Aiska Mendieta, um, Ugo Ekiog, Gareth Southgate, Frank Quadrou, of course. Uh, yeah, Schwarzer in goal. It's it's an incredible team, and, and that that's a thing. It's, it's an incredible it's, team. It's very uh, the comparison is very stark, isn't it, between Robson's era and, and McLaren's era because. Robson all year, like you say, we might have lost eight in a row, but we were great going forward. The football was great. It was completely the other way around with Steve McLaren, where you know it might not have been great at times, but he was effective at getting results, and that showed with you know finishing seventh in the league. You know, when are we ever going to see Borough in the top four at Christmas again? Do you know what I mean? It, it was it was insane, and that was my, I remember that being my first season um, as a season ticket holder, and I, 
and I remember thinking like this is what I, I thought Borough were always that good I didn't really know the history yeah. so much when I, when I was that young um, and I used to think you know we're, we're, we're unreal and then uh, and kind of three or four years later I realised you know we're not and this is what <laughs> this, this is what is life what really is about. yeah but but, I, remember, um, I remember McLaren when he first took over and it was I think it was like the first six games we lost like every single game we like lost four and like the Geordies losing four and all Arsenal um, and everyone was like Jesus Christ like we've just lost Robson we didn't bring in Venables to like oversee yeah, it we've yeah. just lost seven games on the spin like where are we going with this and then somehow it's just changed completely didn't it yeah. but he has he did make some horrendous signings like Michael I think it was Michael Debeve and then we had like Luke Wilshere like um, playing he was yeah. brutal um, sorry Luke if you're listening boys <laughs> <laughs> um, but like some of the players we did he did bring in weren't great as well and obviously some fans will probably forget that but again like Robson did it Karanka's done it like Carl Penner for example yeah. Gareth Southgate brought in Marvin yeah. Emmers who's doing trials at Bolton at the moment which is breaking news kind of thing with um, Alan Nixon said that but it was just, I think he does deserve that bit more credit I know you you just miss that kind of era Dana so it's yeah. like you don't you you see it as a different perspective to us so do you think like McLaren deserves more credit or do you think obviously you haven't seen it yeah. so it's kind of like hard to judge I mean I, I can't like make a, a conclusion um, because obviously I didn't I didn't watch but all I can really take from it is the success that we had and Borough are a small town in Europe it's you know for us to go to like Rome that's incredible that's an incredible mm. feat so um, based off that it, yeah he does deserve more respect and that, that was the thing he was um, assistant to, to Alex Ferguson wasn't he yeah. and it, it shows obviously in the way that um, you know his coaching that was his first sort of mate, uh, his own role wasn't it so and it came to fruition some of the, the tactics that he was employing um, Sarah Alex Ferguson was good at seeing out games and getting results um, obviously Steve McLaren didn't do that um, you know <laughs> the rest can. of his career but um, you know that Borough he was successful yeah. like, hindsight's a beautiful thing because the worst thing he ever did was become England manager ever since yeah. his career went downhill if he stayed at Middlesbrough probably for like one more season maybe um, you never know what could have happened mm. but the money was also drying up significantly as well and we kind of seen the, the decline from there really with the appointment of Southgate unfortunately but Southgate did really well that first season and then it just went, went and just went down um, but who needs sound effects eh? who, need, who needs sound effects I can do them instead for free um, <laughs> but in terms of his QPR team um, even though McLaren is an excellent coach um, and he's doing reasonably well with QPR um, depending on what they are but they've just lost six in a row um, of course lost last night against uh, West Bromwich Albion if you haven't seen the video he gets a bottle and starts throwing it around everywhere um, in disgust um, Ellie, uh, actually no Dan I'll ask you the question uh, should Borough go for it against um, QPR of course low confidence but or should we take it with a bit of caution um, I, I don't know. I feel like we should. It, it should be a, a level game. I, I've just read in here that in the past two games they've conceded quite late on one one in the ninety fourth minute um, against West Brom, and then one in the ninety third minute against um, Bristol City. And they seem to be shipping quite a lot of goals of late. They uh, conceded four against Birmingham. Bearing in mind they did go on to score three after that, and they did have a, a ninety fourth minute penalty. Uh, missed 
um, <laughs> the like crazy game that is <laughs> but um, it, I don't know I mean they seem like at the moment that their, their form is a far cry away from what, he, what it was in December where McLaren got manager of the month yeah. and they just seem to be shipping goals but we have we do have to be wary because that Birmingham game shows and the the game against um, you know West Brom last night shows they can score goals. So yeah. I, I feel as though we do need to approach it with caution. And they set up in the same um, well they set up the same uh, formation as us in our last game against uh, Blackburn. So well, just just get tight to them and, and press them. Just lost Luke Freeman. He was yeah. injured last night. Um, massively influential um, on the QPR attack, but. I was going to ask you a question from Ian Smith before you break everything down. So break break everything down after you answer the question. Um, he asked in his, his second power, and he was like, "Should Tony Pulis resist the uh, urge to revert back to the system employed before the win at the weekend, considering how good we were at Ewood Park?" Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we have chopped and changed and trialed different formations this season. Um, and although it only resulted in a one nil win, I think it was probably one of the better, um, better performances. And I think that was down to the formation and system that we played. Like I said, twenty six attempts. Um, you know, we don't normally create that many chances. Um, yeah. So I think to to play in that system allowed sort of wing to be as creative as he was. You know, seven uh, chances he created. You know two linking up well we've seen it with Hugel and Britt this season sort of laying each other off winning headers on for each other um, and then sort of you know we do actually have the width even though we've only got sort of Savile and Housen but it just it kind of works because you can you're keeping the opponents guessing because they are more than comfortable going wide and, and the two strikers kind of splitting wide and they we're very good in the centre because we've got lot of centre mids mm-hmm. so we, we are good going through the middle we are good sort of going wide so it keeps keeps opponents guessing in that sense so I would I would keep that formation um, although we have always wanted 4-3-3 I don't think we're going to go with it now because yeah. of the, the wingers situation so out of all of them um, and the defensive uh, problems as well it probably makes sense to go with uh, kind of a 3-5-2 rather, or 3-4-1-2 rather than um, like a four-five-one because we we don't really have the options at the back as well. So yeah, fair enough. Go on then. I know you've been urging. Um, <laughs> go on. Let's let's, let's break the um, <coughs> down. What we've been looking for this week, guys. Yeah. So as Dana said, um, they do play the same formation as us, or they you know they have been recently this season. They've they've chopped and changed formations as well. They used to play four-four-one-one. Um, you know. On, on who scored it, it said that last night and in the, the last few games they've been playing with a 3-5-2 yep. um, with Eze playing alongside Naki Wells um, rather than sitting in the hole behind him I don't know whether that'll change with that news about Luke Freeman mm-hmm. um, they might kind of you know sift him back um, into midfield and play 4-4-1-1 again um, similarly to Sheffield United um, when we looked at kind of how they like to attack um, they really like to attack down the right um, I don't I can't pronounce the name of the guy uh, the Polish fellow who plays on the right for them but I'm Pavel yeah we'll call him Pavel um, <laughs> that Polish lad you know. yeah um, yeah the, um, I think in the game against Bristol City which was the second from last game um, it was only slightly higher but it, you know the trend from the games before with that but last night it was 51% 
so you know half of their attacks were you know going down that side um so you know it's, it's really obvious to read so you, we just need to make sure that whoever's over on that side or um if some of the centre midfielders especially Mikel's moving over mm-hmm. um to stop that threat and if you nullify them there then you know we, we've seen it with us in the past when we used to use Traore as the outlet if you nullify that yeah. then you know they've, they've haven't got much going forward um obviously they'll come to look and you know keep it tight a lot like a lot of teams have this season they'll try and hit us on the break with going down the right um you know we, we've just got to make sure that um we you know that the midfielders play the way that they did against Blackburn they're going to look to try and stop Wing and House and Savile trying to get shots off mm. getting crosses in the box um but you know, if we play in the way we've played against Leeds and and Blackburn, um, sort of the quick intricate, intricate passing um, in between them all, then I think we've got more than enough um, to be beating them. And, and like you said, obviously with them playing last night, we've had more rest than them, obviously. Um, so we've had more time for you know preparation on the game, more time to rest, tired legs. So could be a little bit downbeat as well after the the. Yeah, ninety fourth minute. Yeah, yeah. If I was just touching on that. Really, I've just jotted like a few dots down on my uh, my paper, and you probably can't even really make out what I've done. But it's just, in terms of like how they play, um, it's more or less of creating like a an arch in, in how you in how you set up. Um, when they go down that wing, um, it's more or less of like having that wing back there, but also creating like a like I said like an, like an arch like an, I can actually pub, upload the photo if I, if I can be bothered but it's just like it's more or less you're forcing them to play back all the time and then try and switch wings as possible um, and then of course that kind of dictates the play because they try and put more bodies across on our side so we'll create space on say like the left hand side um, and we'll go across from there that's how you would probably nullify you'd probably put your wing back there you put John and Mikel a bit more defensively and you'd have wing and you'd have say I don't know like Savo or something um, would be that overarching and you're forcing them back all the time but like you look forward it's a brick wall play it back play it back play it back play it back keep a long ball that's how it, you tend to nullify it um, but Dan I was going to ask you a question just need to unlock my, my phone just to actually get the questions because um, it just went just nearly died on me um, but there was actually a question um, from Paulie Mac again he sent, asked two questions which Kevin Jackson too have, have asked, um, he's asked a question as well um, but do you think Pulis will stick with two up front for now with um, Britton Fletcher and obviously considering Van Lepire is not playing do you think he's been a bit unfortunate too well to answer the first question I honestly can't say I was playing with two up front again because I think everybody seems to want it yeah. And usually when people want it, <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> Whenever so. we want a four-three-three, it's never our way. So um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it because it worked against Blackburn. You know, yeah. we we had all those chances, which is unheard of really for Borough. We we never really seem to create many opportunities. At least we don't get many on target anyway. So I'd like to see it, but I don't think we will go forward with it. Yeah. But you never know what Tony Pulis can throw up. Um, in in terms of the the Valapara question, what? What's the question? Again? Uh, the question is, I'll sorry, I'll, my phone just keeps like. Is it something about is he unlucky not to? Um, so, uh, considering we're struggling for attacking midfielders, uh, why is Van der Parra playing more games? Um, to answer that briefly, Pilos came out the other day and he said yeah. he's not as fit as everyone made out he was going to be. Um, well, we we, we, we it, kind didn't of we? all knew that. I think a yeah. few people have put tweets out saying, "Oh yeah, well when we play against Aston Villa, he's going to start his 
first league game and it's like oh well he's never played he's never fit in the system or whatever it is so it's kind of to answer that question yeah. but I'll come to you now um, QPR what is your lineup and predictions lineup is the same as the Blackburn game but Ayala in for friend and then my prediction is uh, you're going to be you're going to be optimistic this week or well, to be fair we were all optimistic against um, Blackburn Rovers because you said Middlesbrough one nil, and I, Elliot said right? two one, and I said one nil as well. Oh, so else, just just to clarify <laughs> on the podcast, never ever follow Elliot Dennis on a bet. Follow me and um, <laughs> Never gets a right idea. Um, <laughs> got the win right. You got the win. Right. You got the win right. But this week, obviously, what is your your score prediction? I'm gonna go two one Borough. Two one Borough. Any goal scorers or anything? Down is better the week. Brit, <laughs> Brit and Wing. Brit and Wing. Um, go on, Els. What is your lineup prediction? Go on. Um, yeah, my lineup would be the same as Dana's. Um, yeah. You know, if Friend does pass fit, which I don't think he will, then Ayala. I'd play. You know, out with that back three. I'd put Shot on the right hand side of it. Um, Danny Ayala in the middle. Um, and Fry on the left, so he can kind of come out and play a bit more. Well, I think it was like a four as a three, but you know, if, you, if you put him in order, I'd put mm. wing more. Uh, sorry, Fry on the left. Not putting wing there. Wing goal. Sorry, <laughs> McNair. <laughs> um, no, but I'd put uh, Dale Fry on the left side of that sort of three. Um, yeah. Shot on the right, so they can kind of come out a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this the same midfield. I think it worked with Housen and Savile wide, Mikel and Besic sitting in. Um, wing, as we've talked about in that number ten position, has been great. So yeah, I'd go with that. You know, it's the same lineup. Um, I'm going to go with two nil. Two nil. Um, I'll go with our top scorer, Brit. I can't you, you know when goals do come for us, it's usually going to come through Brit um, and Savile. Because I think he's, boy. I think I he's been, he's been really, really good, George Savile, like, yeah. recently, and I'm so yes. glad that like people have well, <laughs> I've actually given him time now. But I think I remember, I remember saying like on our, on our podcast like weeks and weeks ago, we were saying like just give the lad a chance, like, just give him time. He's gonna actually probably come good. And I'm glad it's like he, he's, he's getting more shots off. He's you know he's dribbling past players, um, he's creating chances, and you know. Like I say, if, if he's getting forward more, he's going to be getting those chances more. But when he was sitting in too deep before, that's not where you want him. It's like having so, like having Mikel's there is just giving like all the players around him confidence, isn't it? Just to like go forward and try something. Yeah. Um, but oh, I guess it comes down to me then, doesn't it? Um, in terms of lineups, I'd probably go the same as same like all three of us. Um, one change I'd make probably uh, Dimmy and Goals or Randolph uh, I think Randolph's <laughs> being poor McNair and Goal I'd have McNair up front <laughs> um, nah I'd, I'd go same lineup as you guys um, just don't, just don't if it's not broke don't fix it um, but in terms of score predictions I'm going to go uh, it's always hard this one I tend to get it right remember we are at home we are at home so we probably won't score um <laughs> No, I think we'll go. It's hard for me because when I when I'm watching games, I can kind of like not predict. Like, when I stand with you, I kind of predict quite well, don't I? It's just more or less of like if I'm watching the game, I can kind of be like, all right, it's going to be probably like a one goal game, or it's going to be like we're, they're going to score last minute or something like that. But um, in terms of like prediction, now I'm going to probably say one nil. I'm actually am, and 
You know what I'm gonna say who's gonna score? I'm gonna say he's gonna come on as a sub. Did we? How would you guess? Um, <laughs> now I'm gonna say uh, Hugo. I think Hugo's gonna score the winner. Um, in the 94th minute. In the yeah. 94th minute. Hugo gonna, our fans will be uh, just gonna <laughs> off his face <laughs> and going. Uh, well, that wraps it up then, doesn't it? Um, so, um, as always, like, share, subscribe to our channel. Um, share our page, like, oh, and, like, do whatever you need to. Give us five star on iTunes because that really helps with us um, going up the ladder in terms of like content and actually finding us as well. So that really means a lot to us if you can do that. Um, but it's the return of Steve. Um, there's no macaroni. It's not going to be four three. Um, but Bora, watch our tweets because uh, you'll probably need them next week. I'm only joking. Um, bye bye. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>